Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to Aussie Techheads. This is episode 612. Yes, and I'm your new host, Glenn Goodman. How are you going? Um, yes, I've been away for a couple of weeks, but I'll tell you what, I left the ship in uh, some some great solid hands, didn't I, with Joe and Jordan last week and Will and, and uh, Warlock the week before. Thanks, guys, for uh, holding the fort down. You did a great job, and uh, it's, it's good to be back. Um, we are brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au, and uh, you want to uh, grab some shared hosting services there, SSL certificates, and uh, you can do uh, backups and all that sort of stuff. Anything anything other hosting people can do, we can do better. So athwebhosting.com.au. And also brought to you by startnewcompany.com.au. Register your company fast, easy, and direct with ASIC. And all docs are provided and docs held in your account for download at any time later on, just in case, I don't know, you lose them or something. You just always download the certificate and all the constitutions and all that sort of stuff. Uh, if you're an accountant or professional, you are able to brand all the documents to your own firm. So give, that, give your customer that extra little bit of pizzazz uh, when you hand over the documents for them. So that's Start New company.com.au on tonight's show we've got a few stories i thought it started off pretty uh poor but as i as i got into the the week that was yeah some 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 good stories came on through so we're going to have a chat about some microsoft their updates are at it again uh we've got uh, amazon stories and uh the other guys have got plenty of stories to keep us uh, entertained for the next hour or so so sit back relax and uh Whatever that start says, I should know what it says. I heard it about 100,000 times. <laughs> Relax and stay for a while or something. Uh, don't forget the tech radio, AussieTechRadio.com. You can find that at uh, cross-platform. Download the TuneIn Radio app and search for Aussie Tech Radio. Uh, you can find us on the YouTube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads, Facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. Make sure you like us. And don't forget to listen to the Aussie Max Zone and my tech opinion. All right. Now, here are, the, here are the guys that held the fort down last week, uh, Joe and Jordan. Joe, you're always first in my little lineup here. How are you going? I'm good, uh, Glenn. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, nice red shirt there, plain red. We haven't seen you in red before, I don't think. Yeah, that's a, I've got a couple of different colours of this type of shirt, but it's on, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, Jordan, how are you going, Jordan? I'm good, mate. Yeah, good. I'll tell you what, it's great to see those those live views on Facebook. They're, they're flying up the moment you come back. Oh, I'm sure. They're, they're, they're jumping up. They're, getting, <laughs> they're climbing real fast. Whereas right. uh, last, I think last week when I did it, there was only a couple there. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I started off. Only, what, two or three last week, something like that? Oh, oh it's, got, it's just flying up there now, Glenn, and we've got a like already and everything. Oh, wow. Well, we're up to four. Me, you, Jordan, and someone else, <laughs> Zuckerberg. Uh, good stuff. So, hello, Fantastic. Facebook. Good to have you back, mate. Yeah, good to cheers. have you back. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so, hello, Facebook. How are you all going? We do, when we do stream live, uh, we stream live out on Facebook. So, make sure you like us, and then you'll get the uh, notification that we are, we are on. Uh, all right, what's been going on? Uh, just, um, yeah, nothing much. Just grabbing some stories. And uh, let's start. I've got a uh, Microsoft story to start with. So, might as well uh, kick that one off. Uh, remember the October update that was yeah just filled with disaster. Uh, the when you updated updated to the new creators edition or whatever that the people were losing photos and personal files and all this sort of stuff. Well, they Microsoft pulled it and they've re-released it and it looks like they've pulled it again. Uh, Microsoft has confirmed that yet another Windows 10 October update bug has been identified, this time with the Windows Media Player and a number of Win32 applications. So users won't be able to seek to use the Seek bar in the Windows Media Player. Not that I guess too many people use the Windows Media Player anyway, but uh, I guess all the, all the people that don't like mucking around, all the non-tech heads probably use the Media Player, I guess. 
Uh, uh, but it only happens when you're playing specific files. Probably MP3s and MP4s or something. One of the popular ones. But anyway, uh, Win while Win32 applications like Notepad cannot be set to default for certain apps and uh, file type combinations. So, dear, oh dear. Uh, Microsoft said they're working on a resolution. An estimator solution will be available in late November. Well, we are at late November. So, I don't know. What's going on, Microsoft? But what do you guys think about this? I think this is just a, uh, it's pretty poor from a company that, uh, I've got a story coming up in a minute that is worth just as much as Apple, that they've got these problems with their updates. I think it's very poor. I'm not sure what they're doing over there. They're, are, are they relying on you and me and the beta testers to, you know, come across these op these bugs and report them. And if so, the beta testers aren't doing enough a good enough job. There might not be enough of them. Maybe they should just start offering rewards for bugs. But I don't think this can go on again. This is it's quite disgraceful. It's quite upsetting and disgraceful, I think. Yeah, look I don't know. I don't think they can actually test for each and every little thing. And I'm I'm sure they test for most uh obvious things but i don't know if i can test for each and every little thing there'd be so many things i have to look at well this that's right yeah and i guess like i'm not sure i've never been a, a beta tester as such but i know when i if i if i do want to try and you know put something through its paces like you do i uh, like media player i guess if you're a beta tester you're probably not using media play would that be the cop out there uh, you know, you'd be using some other form of media player, but uh, but yeah, it, I have to agree with you there. I mean, there's not many people who actually use media player anymore. I mean, with uh, all the different type of streaming services that are out there, yeah, and Netflix and whatever else, um, you, you wouldn't think that much people will use media player anymore. But even if you buy the, you know, you buy your computer or your brand named uh, laptop or whatever, you know, it comes installed with, uh, you know, the the drivers for your CD player or whatever DVD player, and you get all this Cyberlink players and all this sort of stuff. The media player, I guess, it's it's very default. But like, if you were a beta tester, you did come across the media player. I'm sure you would seek, wouldn't you, at some stage in the very in the very few times that you would use it, you would just seek? Like, even if it was just a fast-forward something, you would use the seek bar. So, obviously, no one did. This is the thing. Like, no one, well, no one's done it and reported it. Um, you can't set Notepad as a default as the default app for, like, say, text files. Like, that's something, well, you know, maybe the tech heads or the, the beta testers are using Notepad++ like I do and, and never get to Notepad. But, well, that's right. I mean, it's like me. I, I mostly use VLC player. Um, yeah. For mostly watching anything that I use on my computer. But um, it's um. The other one there's a um, what's that other one? The Explorer. The what Explorer for, player. What's the other one called? There's a there's a real media player. I think there's a um, the MPE player. That's the one I use. I'm not sure what its actual title is. What's I just used the one that's on it. The media player. It's built into Windows. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's it called? Film on. It's a film on. Oh, that on. one. Right. Now I'm talking about this is the, the the old Windows Media Player. It was actually, yeah, I did think that it'd so be which, discontinued. Which Windows are you talking about? You're talking about the latest Windows you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, Why so, didn't think Media Player was in it? Well, that, yeah, actually, come to think of it, uh, that I thought it was discontinued as well, but it is still in there. So they, they must have. Got a search for it. Yeah, so it is still there. I've just done a little search for it there. It is still there. But, You're um, probably thinking Media Center. Media Center is no longer there. No, I knew Media Center wasn't, and and but I I was also led to believe that Windows 10 doesn't play DVDs, and that you don't have a DVD 
he, he can't play them. Well, so you, you can, can, but you've got to have a paid plug-in. Hmm. You can, but you have to have a paid plug-in. So I didn't believe that it had media play, so I've always just used VLC or... Hmm. Although the film on TV, is it called film on TV or film and TV or whatever it's Something called? Something like that. that. One, I use that for everything. Yeah, films and TV. Yeah, I cold. use it for everything. Unless I'm playing a DVD, which is pretty highly unlikely in this day and age to even have a DVD floating around. Mm. You know, I think um, I, I use, um, you know, I, I don't really need VLC either. Unless, you know. But the, Jordan, does that have all, all the encoders for all the different type of movies and stuff that you, like if you download them or, you know, anything like that? You can always get Kodak packs and install Kodak packs. Mm. What's the one called? Is it K-Lite or K? Yeah, K-Lite. K-Lite or something. You can install something like that. Well, you can get the full-fledged version or just a light version, and that in- should install most of the, the, the codecs necessary to do it. Yeah, that's the one I use. I, I do use that one, and comes yeah. with that is the Media Player Classic, which I find is is great, plays everything. Well, as yeah, long you as should you... be able to convert your, M- your, your MP4 files to WMV files at that point. Oh, I tried everything last week, eh? Uh, Jordan recorded the show on the video. That's why there's no YouTube last week. Uh, I'm not sure what codec you used, but it came to me as uh, MP4, which I thought, cool, this will work. I uh, wouldn't import into my into my uh, Sony Vegas program. So then I, tra- I changed it. I re-encoded it to another MP4. I re-encoded it to WMV, but I don't know what was going on there, but it just wouldn't well, work. I recorded that show on a, on a Linux system, I'm just on Linux Mint, actually. So I'm surprised it would even have WMV as included as an ability to even do it. I don't know. Mm. I'll have to have a look at OBS and see if it's in there. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all good. There was the Facebook video anyway, so uh, it's all good. But, yeah, look, that K-Lite uh, Kodak pack, you can get that at codecguide.com if you're ever looking for it. There's a, there's a uh, what have they got, the basic, the standard, the full, and the, the mega. Yeah, that's right. There's about three, 340 conversions. Yeah, and they've all you know, got... Speaking of beta testing, though, when you were saying earlier, with the Insiders program, you think they'd have a lot of these bugs sorted out before it well, gets... Yeah. Before all this stuff gets to us. But at the same time, um, I think with the competition these days amongst all the big, you know, the big providers like Apple and Microsoft and Google and all those all those companies, I think that they're just trying to push stuff out as quick as they can. And they're obviously not, you know, checking it properly and mm. testing it properly before they get it out, which kind of can have a bad side effect, can't it? It can either give you a bad name or or, or give you a yeah. good name as being on the, the edge of technology, you know. Yeah, but I think as it as it comes down to it, look, I'll just I'll just uh, uh, move on here just to my next story because it is very closely related. And mm. uh, but just four months after Apple reached the one trillion dollar mark, the the uh, Apple has lost its lead as Wall Street's most popular, most valuable company, and is at the verge of being replaced by Microsoft. So we're talking Microsoft. We're talking is this huge, huge company. Uh, when you think of Apple, we know it's huge. Well, Microsoft is up there uh, going to replace them on the top of the ladder. So these things shouldn't happen. I don't think these things really should happen at all. I think there should be so many... I just don't... For a trillion-dollar company, this... But wouldn't you agree happen. that competition causes people to be hasty? Yes, but uh, but maybe not slack. Look, I, I get security issues. I get that. I get that you can't patch everything. You can't, I can't foresee everything and, and whatnot. But, geez, I know it's hard. Like, well, I, I, I know I, it's I hard, it but It could geez. also be a matter of um, pressing for, you know, like a lot of corporate companies, they bring out software 
this is an internal software um, that's not quite ready yet for the customers to use, like their systems or their site or something like that. Mm. And, um, they just push it out because, no, we've got to do it. Um, the new software has got to be implemented and we're running out of time and this has got to work with that. And if we don't get it to work with that, then we can't move forward with our next next part of the project. Yeah. So there's all these sort of things coming to factor as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and I guess like, you know, like I, as far as, look, I'm not a big Apple user. I do have one. I've got the Mac Mini, you know, charging along the little 2011 Mac Mini. And I know that when there's, you know, you get your updates from Apple and they do come in. If there's an issue, they're pretty quick to patch them. Like, I don't know why Microsoft has to pull updates. You know, like they, they've released it, they've, they pull it, then they re release it again. Why not just, can't they just patch it or, it's, I don't mm. know. I don't know. I think it's... Patch the update with an update. Yeah, yeah. And, you it's know... Like that Pixel, it's a bit like the Pixel story I just I just read recently. Sorry to kind of barge in. I didn't mean to do that. Um they are saying now they're, they're big sales pitches that you should never buy, um, you know, first edition hardware. Mm. I think most people know that. When yeah. You buy the latest phone or whatever. And they're saying that, you know, there's always bugs and there's always problems with their operating system, even with Android and, and, and all that sort of stuff within the first six months. And a lot of people who rush out and buy the very first release get all the problems and then six or 12 months later, the, the people who go out and buy the same thing six or 12 months later end up with no problems. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's it's just it's, everybody. I think everybody's going to have bugs. You know? Yeah. Yes. I, I guess they do. But I, I, I guess when you're talking about version one of something like when this is windows 10, which is now version, I don't know, 2015, 16, 17, 18. Mm. And, and plus it goes back to the 32 bit applications. Like, why? Why are we still at? Why would they have those problems like now? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hard marker, but I think for a company that's worth a trillion dollars, uh, the, that sort of this sort of thing shouldn't happen. Um, I think also too that um, I think also too that you got to give Microsoft a little bit of credit when when they they build software for such a, a vast variety of hardware as well. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. Oh, look, I'm not saying that I could do a better job, not at all. Oh no, not like, at all. No, I'm just saying, like, and you know, like I mean, you look at you look at Apple have got their their main hardware. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I'm, you'd expect you would you should expect no problems at all. Yeah, well, that's right. That's, but 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 we've seen them have their problems too. Yeah, but Microsoft build software that works on so many devices. I couldn't even you couldn't even count them. Mm. Yeah, and I guess look, so, like, I'm sure Microsoft's not happy with this. I'm sure, no. you know, they'd be absolutely, someone's probably going to lose their job. We would imagine so anyway. Well, not, at least not get a bonus or, or get told to work at lunchtime. But something's going to happen to them. Um, but anyway, going back to just quickly back, just finish off my story about the shares and all this sort of stuff. Um, Microsoft jumped 3.11% to $106.28 a share, pushing its market capitalization up to its record of $816 billion. Uh, at the same time, Apple shares rose 0.63%, and it was then valued at $823 billion. So it's edging closer. Uh, the global demand for the smartphones has slowed in recent years, making it more difficult for Apple to increase its revenue. And I think we all know that's the thing. Apple is more of a hardware company, and Microsoft is a software company. So now the iPhone or the, the mobile phone market is, you would have to say, becoming saturated. Um so obviously that's going to slow. So where do, where do they go from there? Apple's market capitalization overtook Microsoft in 2010 as Windows struggled with slow demand for personal computers. 
and due in part to the explosion of smartphones driven by the iPhone. So, yes, um, but now you say smartphones are kind of declining a little bit, and I suppose personal computers are making a bit of a comeback, are they? Or yeah, well, I think the I did read a story. I must have been four months ago now. That yeah, the the PC they they were expecting a, a bit of a rise in sales this year. So yeah, like everyone needs PCs. Well, I guess, uh, but you know, once you get an iPhone, you probably keep it for or a mobile. You'd be keeping it for two or three, four years, if if not longer, if you could. But um, but yeah, just uh, with all this technology, it was funny today. I was at a, a, a at a doctor's surgery, and the doctor was writing notes on an iPad with a stylus. And I'm thinking, so technology's advanced so much that he's got his iPad, which was great, but he's gone back to handwriting. <laughs> You know, yeah. I just had a little bit of a giggle to myself about that, and uh, yeah, something yeah. I picked up. And, and it's funny, you know, because I think, um, um, and I'm having a mind blank, and it's really terrible to have a mind blank on this guy's name. Um, I know everyone knows his name, not Bill um, Gates. Hey, Bill Gates, no, 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 Apple, uh, Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, uh, Steve Jobs. I should know his name like second nature. For some reason, I can say Tim Cook, but I can't say Steve Jobs. But Steve Jobs always swore he'd never have a, a, a stylus. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you see them on the iPads. You got them. Mm. I only uh, watched the the uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley the other day. I, I took I took it out. Uh, I wanted to show the kids, you know, and because I, I, I don't know, I just wanted them to see. Um, I don't know. Izzy was just kept on saying about how you know it's too hard to make stuff. You know, someone's done this, someone's done that. It's too hard. I'm never going to make make something that's going to make a lot of money. And I thought, you know what? We should be watching Pirates of Silicon Valley. They both started in the garage. They both BS their way through. And they did. Uh, and look at them now. Well, at least Bill. Anyway, <laughs> poor old Steve. Can't look at him now. But um, mm. but yeah. So that's anyway. That's the story. That's the that's the dismal Microsoft story. So um. You, you, some of you might agree or disagree with me, but uh, I'm trying to give you some firm opinion this week. You know, you know say the, uh, you know where I stand. The story we read last week about how Apple's Apple's new pitch is, is all about pitching why the Apple uh, iPad Pro can mm. replace your computer. Right. Yes. And all the reasons why that they think it can, but I just, I just don't see it. Look, look, it's probably powerful enough too, but what? Why? Yeah, look, I can't, I can't work off an iPad. I need a, a desk. I need two screens, and it's just much easier. It's much That's faster. Exactly right. It's just a lot easier. Like, it doesn't matter whether you've got the apps to do it or not. It's just so much more comfortable with mm. a desk and a mouse and a keyboard and a big screen and. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts, Joe, on that one? You, you, with Microsoft. I've got a bit of a story later on about Microsoft, and you know they're doing a, a lot of things in the background. So maybe they've got too much on their plate, you know. So um, that could be another reason that like they're trying to do too many things at once. Yeah. Or right. you, you want to whip that one out now while we're talking about it, if you like. If yeah, you got whip it, it out now while we've got Microsoft going. But uh, right. yeah. Yeah, so, but while Joe finds that, um, I'll just tell you that, yeah, Microsoft are going great guns. Pirates of Silicon Valley was a good movie, what, 1999, I think it was. Uh, and it was about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, how they started. They both, uh, I think Bill Gates BS to IBM, that he had the, the, the DOS, which he didn't. Then he had to go and, you know, um, beg and steal and, and offer his, his offer favours to people, to, to this particular person to go and get these uh DOS program, licensed the DOS program, 
And uh, yeah, pretty much IBM and that, they just didn't want to know. And they said, oh, yes, you guys, uh, we'll license that to you or we'll license that from you, think, not thinking that it's ever going to make any money. And But we all know how that went. The richest man in the world, Bill Gates, was at some stage. Mm. Yeah, okay. So this this is this one here, Glenn. Um, if you want to have a look at the show notes, it's um, I've got it down as a new phone-like device from Microsoft. Mm, okay. They're back into it. Yeah, it looks like they are. I mean, if you look... Um, at um, Microsoft in 2017, they, they they finally closed the doors on the Windows Phone, mm. and um, the vice president there of uh, Windows Experience, uh, Mr. Joe Belfiore, I think his name is. Yep. Um, he announced in a tweet that Microsoft wouldn't be uh, adding any new features or hardware to the Windows Phone. So, end of story. Well, perhaps not. Uh, plenty of reports. Um, from reliable sources say that the company is hard at work in the background on a new device codenamed Andro- Andromeda. Mm. Andromeda. Andromeda. They've been Andromeda. talking about it for years. <clears throat> yeah, well, apparently now they're actually working on it. Um, they, um, they're likely to introduce some sort of telephony type capabilities. Right. Uh, yeah, leaked company documents call it the new pocket pocketable surface. Right. Okay. Well, I didn't. I've been. I've been hoping for something like that for a long time. I think I've read just about every story that had come out. But then the last, the last one I read that they weren't going to use Windows Mobile, that they were talking about using Android on it. Well, that's probably why it's called Android Media. Mm. Andromeda. Is that? What, yeah. Maybe that's why they call it Andromeda. Yeah. Well, maybe. Uh, yeah. Apparently, it's not clear what sort of features this will have. It may be a book, like it folds up like a book, or it may have a pen with a digital ink input. Right. Or it may be two screens. But for one thing that I know for sure is that it will be based on Windows 10. Right. Interesting. So, look, I don't, I don't mind Windows. I like Windows 10. And if there was a Windows phone that was cheap enough, not like the iPhones, I'd probably go for it. Like, why not? Yeah, um, look, they reckon like the idea of it being the, the, the continuum is what they called it, didn't they? When you could, and, and for a long time, they talked about the phones being able to just, you just plug it into a dock. Hmm. And it, the phone became your computer. So you'd get your mouse, your keyboard, your screens and everything. It's kind of like the Surface does, but with your phone. So you could have your phone being your whole computer. Well, hmm. I think that's where Windows is going to go with this one because apparently they're saying that it, um, it's not going to be marketed as a smartphone. Um, it's probably still have built-in capabilities for doing phone calls and whatever else, but it probably won't be marketed as a smartphone, probably doing other things. So It'd be a pocket it might, it might be right. It might be right. It might be something like what you said. Yeah, well, that'd be interesting. Did you have a uh, Microsoft phone at some stage, Jordan? I did for a little while. Yeah, I had the um, well, the Nokia phone, <laughs> yeah. which uh, you know, which you know, Steve Ballmer decided was a great venture for Microsoft. And then uh, what they do, they got rid of it, and now Nokia is doing its own thing back with Android, isn't it? I think pretty much again. Yeah, I think so. The company will never, the company will never go. But I did have one, and I, I must admit, I liked it, but. Only because I'm a Microsoft fan, but the tiles do drive me mad. It's like when you look at your, like when you look at your computer screen, you look at the the tiles. Mm. They get they just get too busy. You know the amount of times I, I I kick up the start menu on my computer and look for my Spotify icon, and it's got some album cover or a or some other picture of a, a singing artist or something on it that I don't recognise and I don't even notice it's not that it's mm. a Spotify icon. It's so annoying, annoying because you've got to scroll through over and over again trying to find the little little bit of white text 
at the bottom of but the I, tile that says Spotify or yeah, but you don't. But you're not doing that things. now. That happens now on the computer. But what? Because when I look for something on the computer, say iTunes or whatever, I just hit the Windows key and just start typing, and it just pops. You start typing it. But the amount of times I've clicked the Start menu and gone into the looking you know, for the it. Metro menu, which is what the Windows Phone had, and you look yes, for an icon. Yeah. Oh yes, that's right. And yes. it, and it's, it can be a it can be a bit of a bloody mess, really. Yeah. As, as great as they are, and they they show updates and they're live and all that sort of stuff. As great as they are, it can be quite daunting mm. when you're looking at that at that menu going. Where's the icon gone? Which one is it? Or is it mm. that one or this one? Yeah, yeah, I which guess so. The, which is the store and which is the yeah, which is the the internet? You get a bit confused. Yeah, I, I, I guess that. I never really thought so, of it like that. So but, imagine, yeah. imagine that on the Windows Phone. Like the Windows Phone is a great phone behind behind the tiles. Everything else underneath. Mm. Well, the, I, I, had the phone, I had the phone. I had the Windows Phone. Um, I had the Windows <laughs> six point five version of phone running on a Samsung. Um, Omnia. I don't know if you ever. There was one of the very first smartphones that came out, the Samsung Omnia. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. That was running Windows six point five, which was the old Windows CE, I believe. Oh, geez, you lost me there. But Windows if you, C. if you, um, oh, well, that's really early. But if <laughs> yeah. you had to, if you had to choose, it's probably a, you know an open question to open it to Facebook if you want. Make some comments, people out there. If you had to choose between the desktop menu like Microsoft has with Windows tiles or a wall of icons like Apple or Android have, you know, like you, well, there goes my phone. Well, which, which would you choose? Which would you think was better? The, the single icon that displays the app, like the app icon mm. or a live tile that displays everything? Well, I actually like the idea of the live tiles. I did actually have that, um, that phone. Um, but in a, in a, another another phone, I had the HTC HD2, I believe back then it was called. That had the original 6.5 version on it. That then was allowed uh, with a uh, a ROM, CD-ROM, not CD, um, with a custom ROM. I loaded the Windows 7 version on it, Windows 7 Mobile. Mm. I actually liked that. That was pretty good. But did you try Windows 10 Mobile? Windows 10 Mobile, no, I haven't tried that yet. That's very – well, that's why I keep – Comparing it to Windows, it's very much the same as your Windows Start menu. Imagine your Windows Start menu on your phone. Mm. Look, I'd, look, I'd like to see something. I'd like to see Microsoft do a no, phone. No, I'd like I'd, to see Microsoft do it. I don't care what it looks. I don't care if it had tiles or not. Uh, as, as long as it, I don't care if it just looked like Android and iPhone. You know, just had what a twenty tile, twenty icons on the front. I wouldn't care less. But well, I think, that's right. I think if Windows did that, I reckon if they if they would, went with their Windows operating system and said, right, we're getting rid of the tile. We're just going to do widgets and icons, the same as you well, know every other man and his dog does. And we'll keep focusing on our core operating system, like our, our settings menus and theming and all that sort of stuff that way. And the apps that work with the operating system, I reckon they would have had a winner. Mm. They got a window, uh, Microsoft launcher for the Android. I should see how that works. But anyway, um, oh, have they with the tiles? Yeah. No, I'm not sure if I haven't, I haven't looked at it. I don't think it's got tiles though. But, uh, it probably does. But moving on to uh, there's a lot yeah. of that, a lot of Apple and uh, Microsoft stuff here that I've picked out. Yeah, and you haven't even got to mine and Joe's stories yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you give us one of yours then, Jordan. I haven't pulled any out. I've, I've oh. been quite quite uh, <laughs> impressed and focused on yours and Joe's stories so far. Well, right, you'll be impressed with this one then. Google makes Apple Siri talk to the Google Assistant. So oh yes, that? 
Yes. So Google has Google's found a way to make Apple Siri drive its competitor to Siri, and by doing so, make it hardware more accessible to the iPhone and the iPad. So, so what this what's happening in the iOS 12? There's this new feature called Siri Shortcuts, uh, and what that lets you do is you you can program the Siri shortcut uh, to do other things, right? So, uh, so Google has had an iOS app for its assistant for many months, but earlier this week asked added support for the Siri shortcut. So doing so means that Siri users can utter the command Siri. Okay, that's just to activate Siri. So Siri, okay Google, and Siri will get the Google Assistant app ready to respond. So how good's that? So to make yeah. that, yeah. So to make it, it's more, quite funny, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's probably an unintended consequence on Apple's part, but to, to make matters even more complex, Siri lets you customize the phrase you use to open an app, so users could set Siri, open Cortana, as the phrase to open the Google Assistant. So, yeah, can you work that one out? <laughs> so, you could... <clears throat> I know that might be... I had, we, had, we had a bit of a discussion about it, I think, at some point along the way. I think um, I, I just like the idea of, you know all the all the, all the the assistants talking to each other. You know, just, just mm. yeah. So what's that? So with this, like you could you could do anything. So you could say you could set the phrase um, "pour me a drink." So you say and say whenever Siri heard "pour me a drink," it would go and do the Google assistant. So you could so, say, "Hey Siri, get Google to tell Amazon to tell Cortana to to pour me a drink," and and then let Amazon know to tell Google to tell Siri to let me know that you've done it. You could if you wanted to. That's right. <laughs> yeah, very complicated. It's a complicated mess, isn't it? Yes. I reckon it's fantastic. <laughs> Can't get any more complicated than that. No, no. I'll... But I suppose, you know, it's a bit of a loophole really because, you know, for Apple to give in to Google like that, I suppose they've just been oh, a way to... Yeah. Look, I don't know. Like, if you if you got a... I don't know. I know Steve Jobs, when he was here, he really hated and uh, Google didn't he? He said, under no oh, circumstances yeah. will I be having Google search. I won't be having all this Google stuff. No circumstances, but it's all, uh, it's all money. You know, it all changes hands these days, and so I don't think they'd care too much. Like, if the iPhone wants to operate the Google Assistant, well, there's the apps on her anyway, isn't it? The Google Home app, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, hey Siri, get um, Google because he does a better job. <clears throat> yeah, well, it does. Google does work very, very good. It works a lot better. I reckon Google's fantastic. But you know, it all boils down to, and I think we may have mentioned this last week with you, Joe. But it all boils down to, um, I reckon the Google search engine, you know, is huge, which makes yeah. Siri, uh, sorry, which makes Google Assistant so powerful. Hmm. And then Cortana has Bing, which makes Cortana, you know, fairly powerful as well. But then Apple don't really have a search engine. But I have read comments on the internet that they actually do have a search engine. It's just not really? publicly used, so to speak. But it does work in the background. Ask Jeeves. Phones and stuff. <laughs> Ask Jeeves. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I haven't uh, seen Ask Jeeves in a long time. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, only, only as... Apparently um, still going. If you can still go and ask Jeeves things. Yeah, yeah. I only see it when I'm uh, removing it as uh, spamware from computers. Let's go, how did this get on there? Ask this Ask Jeeves stuff. Remove... Um, <coughs> poor, poor Jeeves. Now, Joe, hey, hey, no, no, I'm go. just going to move on to um. You got some Windows oh. Seven news, Joe. Windows Seven news, yep, I do. Let me see. I scroll down to that. I think one. I've still got a Windows Seven floating around here somewhere. 
It was yeah, all apparently right. Windows 7 is um, the retirement countdown uh, is on now. Good. About 14 months' time, Microsoft's popular Windows 7 operating system runs out of general support. Um, a deadline that's pushing businesses to move up to Windows 10. Yes. You know well. what? And so you should, I reckon. Yeah. So these are these are the dates to pencil in as a transition from Windows 7 to Windows 10 as it gathers um, momentum. So apparently from uh, January the 14th, 2020, that'll be the last time Windows provides any um, patches to uh, stop any vulnerabilities. Is that how you say it? Vulnerabilities. vulnerabilities. Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so January the 14th, 2020, that's when they're going to stop running up the uh, those updates you know i reckon anybody who's too, who's too scared to go to windows 10 is fooling themselves because i reckon windows 10 is great a lot of people say they hate windows 10 and windows 7 is way better blah, blah, blah. and i reckon windows 7 is good but i i find really the only difference between windows 7 and windows 10 is the start menu for me although i find everything else to be so similar i don't know how anything to be that yeah. confusing all my computers at home they're all windows 10 and i yeah. don't have a problem with them so this uh, yeah. this article, Joe, goes all the way up to January two thousand and twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Look, I I just uh, skip on some of the points. Apparently, um, there's a few things that happened between now and two thousand and twenty. Um, on February two thousand and nineteen, there will be some monthly updates that will introduce Microsoft um, support for the replacement of SHA dash two to Windows seven, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Windows SHA-2. I'm, I'm guessing it's some sort of file that they need to um, to run updates. So in February 2019, that's going to be updated so that uh, Windows 7 can then be transitioned into Windows 10. In it's... April 2019, Windows 7 PCs will not receive security fixes um, unless they have been modified to accept this um, signed update, which is the SHA-2. So just uh, just uh, for that SHA-2, there's some security thing. It's the uh, it's the secure hash algorithm, and it's one of the number of cryptographic hash functions. So a cryptographic hash is like a signature for a text or a data file. The SHA-256 algorithm generates an almost unique fixed size 256-bit hash. Hash is a one-way function. So it cannot so it's a be bit like a block, It's a bit like a blockchain. Yeah, well, it can't be decrypted, they reckon. So, um, and it only goes one way. So this makes it suitable for all the password validations and stuff. So the SH two five six is one of the successor hash functions to the SHA one, and it's one of the strongest hash functions available. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So apparently, next year, sometime in April, some PCs will start to receive that security update, so that it allows you to run the um, the algorithm. Right. Um, then what happens here? In July 2019, then WSUS 3.0, um, which stands for Windows Server Upgrade Services for Service Pack 2, must also have this SH2 supported um, if it wants to continue delivering any updates. Man. Right, that's um, any, any kind of updates to any Microsoft software, you know, like mostly for corporate situations uh, for to their employees, PCs, mm. and 
like that. I wonder though. So with the Windows 10, as we know, this is the, this is the probably the last version as we've seen, uh, and they just keep bolting things on and whatever. So I wonder once like the corporations do get to Windows 10, whether it's just going to be a much easier ride, you know, into the future with no say. They're not doing, not having to go through all these upgrade paths all the time. Like you know, will Windows Ten and so the company software just evolve? Just you know, do you know what I mean? Like so, there's no Windows Twelve. So in two years' time, everyone's got to update to Windows Twelve. You know, yeah. Just... Look, I I don't know. I I think that there's something in the works there that they're not telling us, and it may have some. And and the clue may be in something that's coming up in a bit later. But I've got um um. A bit of an update for the Windows 7. It tells you here that um, Microsoft from um, where was I up to? Okay, on January the 14th, 2020. Sorry, December the 14th, 2019. Microsoft will start forcing Windows 7 users um, to get an update screen on them on their PC. Mm -hmm. So it keeps nagging them to say, right. "You got to update. You got to update. You got to update." Right. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you know, urging them to upgrade to Windows 10, pretty much like what what they had with Windows 7, mm. but they urged everyone to upgrade to Windows 10 um, for normal users. So for all those corporate users, then they're forcing people to do that. Um, and then on January the 14th, 2020, Microsoft will deliver the final free security update to Windows 7 computers. So yeah, January 14, 2000. So it's about two years. Oh no, no, it's about one year. Yeah, now. that's not far away now. It's almost a year. They're going to stop delivering the free security updates. Now, you hear the keyword is free because after the 20th of January um, 2020, Microsoft will continue um, to craft security patches for Windows 7 after the operating uh, retirement date, but those fixes won't be offered for free. They'll be... Um, uh, they'll be... Um... Yeah, paid for. That's right, yeah. They'll yeah. be paid for. Um, Microsoft will sell what's called a Windows 7 Extended Security Update to businesses running Windows uh, 7 Professional, Windows 7 Enterprise, and then all those uh, OSs will be obtained via, or even the, the OSs that are obtained via a volume license. Mm. You so think you'll, you'll still be able to run Windows 7 yeah. and in a corporate environment as long as you do that update that says the SH2 dash up to whatever the update? The SHA2. So, yeah, as long as you have that update and um, they'll still continue to run at a fee. Now, it doesn't say here what the fee is. I think I remember when it was the XP fee, I think it was uh, quite high. I think it was, yeah, like, I don't know, quite high. I don't think you, you, won't, you won't want it. It'd be easier to buy Windows 10. So That's right. So um, now going beyond 2021 uh, and beyond, Microsoft will probably rehash a move it made with Windows XP after Windows 7 public uh, support expires um, to use the antiviruses updates like mm. they did with um, Windows XP. You know, how they had anti... Apparently now you can still get antivirus updates with Windows XP. Right, yes. You, you might... What, using essentials or something? That's right. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, right. Using, the, using the homegrown essential software, yeah. Yeah, okay. I guess, like, when it comes to 2020, like, I'm not sure what the stats are of how many people will have Windows 7 running. I think there was a stat in that article there somewhere. It said uh, it's uh, X when Google stopped upgrading Chrome on XP, that was about 2016, 
that XP was on about 12% of Windows. Uh, it was on 12% of PCs. Uh, what's impossible to it's not it, it's impossible to know the status of Windows 7 two years after its retirement. Current signs indicate that it will be several percentage points higher than XP. So, yeah. So look, if Windows 7 is still on something like 16%, that's still quite a chunk, isn't it? Like, you'll probably find them Microsoft going back to the XP uh, pathway, and they go, okay, we'll give you the updates. All right, we'll give them for another year. You know, just because 16%, they can't have. And they don't want a uh, operating system out in the wild, just you know, locked in cupboards, just festering with viruses and spewing them all out all over the internet. They don't want uh, that. They'll be just the main ones, won't they? Yeah, mm. they don't want that. But like, but for, it's bad for their reputation. Yeah, for just normal users like you, me, and you know the bloke next door, like you probably would have Windows at least Windows eight. Like, to, when Windows seven stopped selling, probably about two thousand and ten, maybe. Was that about right? So say 2010, so that's, if you bought a computer, for, uh, say from 2010 onwards, we're going to have probably at least Windows 8. And then if you bought a computer from from 2012 onwards, it was going to be Windows 10. When did Windows 10 come out? But anyway, but you know yeah, what My I mean. sister you know had, a, I mean. uh, had a Windows XP. I think she still does. Running? Running. But Why? only because it's, well, it's just running as a, as a server for some software that she had that was only compatible. It wasn't, comp- it was like server software yeah. for, a, for a, a business that she's not running the business anymore, mm. but the server's still running so she can access the data from it. But it would just had like a little Windows 32 application that was a server application. Yeah, right. She couldn't have it on anything else. So the company that provided that service still still sell that service and I can't obviously say names, but they still sell that service and they still, mm. um, you know, they just ask their customers just to put them on windows XP and don't let them go on the internet. Well, I've just, well, I've just banged on about that. I've just remembered I do have, a, <laughs> I do have a windows seven machine. I still use and it's uh yeah, because similar thing, actually it's uh I run that mild accounting software and when they, when it updated, when windows updated 8.1, this version wasn't compatible with eight. They said, go and buy another version of of Myob. I went, no. And so I just installed windows seven in a virtual machine. And so, mm. yeah, so I've got a windows seven that I, I have to use. and I'm not going to let it go because otherwise I'm going to have to buy another Myob and they can get stuffed. All right. Um, let's you've, uh, you've got a ghost behind you there, Glenn. Oh, who's the ghost? Open the door. Oh, I think someone's just let the dog in. <laughs> oh, who is it? Yeah, I've got a ghost. I could just yeah. see the door moving. I'm thinking, is that the wind or is it someone peeking? All right. Well, Joe, can you do another story? I just got someone wants to have a quick word to me. Okay. Well, there's a, a new thing coming out. Uh, well, not really new, but I wonder what um, Google Fi, Google Fi. Does it, if everyone knows what Google Fi is and how does it work? Yeah, I was wondering that, about that today. Is it pronounced Google Fi or Google Fee? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's Google Fi or Fee. If anyone can uh, that knows on Facebook, if you can sort of let us know somehow how it's actually pronounced. But apparently um, Google, I'll call it Google Fi. Um, Google Fi is, is like uh, a phone carrier only operated by Google. Um it works by giving you a mobile data service on various different uh, mobile networks. Now, this is only available in America. So at the moment, it's um, for T-Mobile, Sprint, and US Cellular. Now, the way it works is your phone will then intelligently switch between those different carriers 
as it needs. It also uses a Wi-Fi network to make calls and to send texts whenever it's available. So if you've got some Wi-Fi networks around the place, um, you can connect to it via that and it'll let you connect and uh, make phone calls. Now, Google's got this billing system. Um, the plan is like $20 per month for an unlimited talk and texting. And then there is a flat rate of say $10 per gigabyte of data up to a maximum of $60. Um, when you reach that limit, um, then um, if you hit 15 gigabytes of data, you then get capped to 256 um, kilobits per, uh, per second. Or if you want to, you can pay a further $10 and get it uh, another gig. Mm, that's so, interesting. See, I was under the impression that they charge $10 per gigabyte, but only up to $60. Yeah. And then they cap it and, yeah. Yeah, but you, you can so You can't get charged any more than $80 a month. So you're $20 for your plan and then $10 for a gig, $10 for another gig. But if you get up to, you know, your six gig or whatever. Yeah, that's right. But there's a lot of people who probably need more than that. So they have got the option to pay for another $10 for another gig. I'm glad that's only in America because, you know, I I just changed over to, to my plan with Telstra. I can't believe that I've got 30 gig. Yeah, that's I know, right? For 50 bucks. I know. It's, Unlimited calls and texts. It's, it's so surprising. Yeah, it's unreal. Like, the plans are not too bad. And, and even I guess even overseas, the plans are probably even better. But it's what, just, why did you go to Telstra, though? Weren't you with Audi? No, I was going to change. Remember, I was going to yeah. change over to Belong, Belong. and um, so I could give gigs to my kids when they run out. And then I finished my plan and they said, we, so I went down to Telstra. I said, you know, should, what should I do? You know, I'm thinking about going to Belong and, mm. and doing that. And they said, well, if you've got, if you're not going to upgrade your phone, because I'm, I'm, I've got a Pixel, I'm happy with it. It's fine. Although I must admit there's been a few updates in the last month that have given me a little bit of an annoying time, but they seem to be smoothing out. Um, but they said, we can, if you BYO, we can give you for 49 bucks a month, 15 gig and a bonus 15 gig every month. Yeah, right. They got so a... 30, 30 gig a month, unlimited calls and texts. It's all right. 50 bucks. Well, I'm with Audi with, uh, I don't know, 10 gig, which I don't use. I've got, what is it, 20 bucks? I'm all right. <laughs> It's all right for that. Yeah, you wouldn't use 10 gig, would you, really? No way. No way. Yeah, um, I just thought, well, if I've got 30 gig, and if my boy really runs out of data, I'll turn on the hotspot. Mm. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, you, sorry, Joe, I, I, I did miss some of that, but have, have you finished with that one? He was just talking about Google Fi or Fee, or mm. whatever you want to, however you want to pronounce it, for they've been trying to start a mobile service for quite a while now and it looks like they're having another crack at it. it so yeah, 20 good. bucks a month for unlimited calls and texts and Sounds 10 good. bucks a gig or something Sounds good mm. um, So you'll be happy to know that um, with your Pixel phone if you ever go to America you can actually use the uh, special eSIM yours, yours would have an eSIM in it wouldn't it? I don't know uh, yeah. apparently What's, some, a, what's some an models, eSIM? <laughs> some models of uh, Pixel phones have the eSIM built in Oh, so I know that the okay. model, the, the Pixel 3 does, and, and the Pixel 2. I've got the Pixel I, I, 1, so it's possible. Mm. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think buy the first generation, and I was a sucker to go out and buy it. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently, the way it works is um, you can get a special um, SIM card with Google Fi on it. Yeah, right. And um, you get little software on your phone. I guess it'd be something like an app. 
and that then authenticates the cellular providers and you can switch between them on the fly. Okay. And I think I was talking about something similar to this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think the, the new the Apple devices were coming with the eSIMs, like the new Apple Watch and stuff. Oh, right. right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that, that's where this electronic SIM comes in. And here, and, and here it says uh, the, the Pixel has the, um, yeah, the eSIM. Um, and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's well, think to the three tra traditional mobile networks that you get on the um, the cellular. Google Fee also leans heavily on Wi-Fi whenever it's possible, you know, whether you're around a known network or not. Hmm. So um, as you move around, your phone will then use the Wi-Fi assistant to con constantly search for and connect to open Wi-Fi networks. Have you seen that with Telstra? Yeah, it's pretty much similar to that. Pretty much similar to that. I didn't even know that. I don't think Android can do it, but I discovered it on my wife's phone the other day, Telstra Wi-Fi. Is that like the Telstra Air, you mean? No, it's Telstra Wi-Fi for, for phone calls. So it's part oh, of the... Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Part of the actual phone. Yes. Part of the phone. Yeah. So when you've got no service, it'll flick over to Wi-Fi and you still get the same call and you still pay for it and it's still the same thing, but it's just over, over your home network or whatever wireless network you can get. Mm. Oh. Yeah, well, this is this. I think I think this is pretty much it. So when they reduced when they introduced that into Australia, if they introduced it into Australia, I'd say they probably use the Telstra um, network. Or I, I don't think even I don't think Optus has got one. Although they've been talking about building one, but I don't think they actually got one. Mm. Um, Not sure. Because what they do is they have a, a database of known networks that they can provide a connection with. So whenever your phone connects to a Wi-Fi, the connection gets routed through a VPN for your safety. And then the, you won't notice anything different in the phone except for, you know, that you're not, not, not paying for my mobile data. Now, the other good thing about this is that uh, Google Fire will work internationally in over 170 different countries around the world. Cool. All right, so you get to use um, the data internationally as well, and it's charged at the exact same rate as you would if you were at home. Yeah, right. that's all right. That's good. So I guess um, what it, anything that uh, brings it all together... And makes you seamlessly roam. Sounds good to me. Mm. So okay. apparently, this is supposed to be starting late in November 2018 um, with any unlocked uh, Android phone, right? Uh, with a spare SIM slot in it, or with an eSIM. And apparently, it's there's also support for the iPhone. So there you go. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Now, uh, what else have I got here? I had one here. Yeah. I haven't had one yet. So you want me to give you one? Go. Give me one. Give it to me. Yeah. Hard and fast. <laughs> Fast. Well, there's there's a new study that raises concern, uh, raises concerns over adult mobile phone usage oh. and the impact it has on children. So right. we're going to take the other side of the uh, the other side of the fence here and let's see what they what they say about parents and their addictions to their phones. Does that sound right to you? Well, you do got to watch it. Like you do. So parents yeah. guilty of putting their their head down to check their social media, send a few texts or read their emails have been shamed by a new report which says their digital addiction is causing big problems for their children. The report, which was launched on Tuesday by the Queensland government, reveals that thousands of kids across the state are stressed by schoolwork and crave extra attention from their parents who are often consumed in their phone. The landmark survey, which 
uh, which spoke with 7,000 children aged between 4 and 18, shows far too many kids are feeling ignored by their parents because of their technology <laughs> use. According to the study, the vast majority of what children participants told the survey is that they are, uh, they are wanting adults to pay attention, have respectful conversations and listen to what they have to say about things important to them. If only you could get your kids to listen, I reckon. Um, uh, they are asking parents to put down their phones and, and to interact with them. Um, sorry, interact with them. The paper sent blah, blah, blah. Oh, it was written in the paper. Sorry. Uh, speaking to news.com.au child, uh, psychologist, Justin Polson, uh, said when parents use their phones around children, they are offering partial attention at best. Kids need their parents focus. Uh, it's how, it's how we show them. We love them. He told news.com.au, while we stare at screens, uh, they interpret that to mean that they are less important than Facebook or email. Mm. That's funny Funny you say that, isn't it? How kids react to us when we were like always telling them, get off your phone, get off your iPad. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and now they're complaining that we're doing it? Like, yeah, well, I mean, most of the time when I tell my kid to get off the phone or the iPad, they're not listening to me anyway. So if they're not listening, what's, Well, there's what's... a... Yeah, I didn't pick this story up, but I did read it uh, through the week. But I'm just picking it. I'll pick it now. But getting this is from the overseas in England from the BBC. But getting families to put down their tablets and phones and talk to each other can be hard. Uh, but one restaurant change in the UK is trying to persuade them. In a trial scheme, parents willing to hand over their devices to restaurant staff will get free children's meals. So there you go. Someone's... What a great, what a great tip. Ten uh, percent a... have tried to hide. A parent's handset to get attention. Uh, nearly twice that many said it seemed that parents preferred to be on their phones and talk to their kids. Like, good stuff. Over a quarter of parents admitted they checked their phones during family meal times, while 23% did while their child was talking about their day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, during the no phone zone promotion. So, who is this? Uh, I'll find out who this is. Where's it say? Where, what, what uh, I had it for a free meal? It doesn't really say. Um, I took my kids out the other night. It was, you know, Tuesday night, kids eat free night. They should have just said, Tuesday night, give us your phone or give your kids free food. Mm, yeah. Uh, as, as a general rule, when it comes to Christmas and Easter's and stuff like that and family gatherings, only maybe a couple of times a year, and we sit around the table, as a general rule, I get the big bowl out and say, okay, everyone put your phone in here and put yeah. the bowl in the other room. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of people are hesitant. I would love to do that with my family, but I reckon I'd get the foulest look or the most amazed look or the most you are the most stupid person in the room look. I don't know what I get. That's right. I do. I do get it. But at the same time, if you have the rest of them that, you know, all the other parents put their phones in there as well, there'll always be that one person that wants to hold their phone. Okay. If you want to hold it, switch it off. Mm. The they won't let it go at all. Okay. Well, you don't want to let it go. Switch it off. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've so been... Switch it off. And then they leave it in their pocket and they're happy doing that, but they don't want yeah. to put it in the bowl. I don't know. That's really weird. But well, on the weekend, I, I've been I've been going out uh, without my phone. I just leave it at home, and you you know no choice but to talk to people. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but during the I found who this this uh, restaurant chain was was Frankie and Benny's. If anyone's heard of those. So during the No Phone Zone promotion, which runs from the 29th of November to the 7th of December, Frankie and Benny's will give families a box in which they can leave their devices. So no one's forced to take part, but it's a good idea. They must be uh, intent on it. But like, just just to finish up on that, I think it's uh, 
bit sad, you know, when you go, you take your kids to the soccer or you go to the swimming or whatever, and the mums and dads or whatever, they're just on their phone or laptop. You know, they should be watching. Yeah, the they're kids. telling their kids. You know, they're not leading by example. My, my mm. kids do the same thing to me. You know, we you tell, tell our kids they can't play their phones. And well, so, well, mum's always playing games on her phone. And I think you've got to lead by example. You really mm. do. Uh, kids, are, kids are smarter than we let on, you know, these days. Yes. They're a lot smarter than they were back in my day, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Amazon will let Australia back on its US website. So if you can remember a little while ago when Amazon Australia launched, we weren't allowed to, or we got blocked. We geo-blocked from the Amazon US. But I think after a bit of a uh, lacklustre start to the Amazon Australia website, uh, they've allowed us back into the US website. So... That's good for some people, I guess. The online AWS has blocked shoppers uh, from July. So, yeah, Australia had been the first market. And why they blocked uh, was because of the GST. They, they, I don't think they wanted to really go to the trouble of having to calculate GST on orders from overseas and whatnot. Australia had been the first market where the world's second most valuable company responded to a sales tax by shutting us out by shutting the customers out based on where they lived. Now, independent analysis said in July that the Australian website offered a range of products roughly one-ninth the size of Amazon.com. So, and I think that's what most people have been upset about with the AU site was just the products aren't there, prices really aren't there. Uh, Kablam. All right. Uh, Joe, what else have you got there? Um, There's this new WPA3 standard security protocol that's coming out shortly. And apparently the, um, the, the Wi-Fi Alliance has introduced a major update and improvement to security um, in the Wi-Fi area um, for, since about what, 14 years ago. Right. And they call it the WPA3. Okay. Um, the most significant addition to this new security protocol, uh, greater protection for simple passwords individualized encryption for personal and open networks, and even more secure encryption for enterprise networks. So this is the uh, first major security update to Wi-Fi in 14 years. That's right. Heavy so, and it's about time too, because um, they've got these new features coming out too with it. One of them is called Wi-Fi Easy Connect. And Wi-Fi Easy Connect is a feature that announces um, will likely be seen in many uh, WPA3 devices which may replace or be used in addition to Wi-Fi protection uh, setup like the w, the old WPS system. Mm. So they're going to do a, an update to that and they're going to call it the Wi-Fi Easy Connect. Right, okay, good. Yeah, so um, it is designed to make it easier to connect to um, a displayless um, and IoT devices as well. Yep. Uh, this might include the use of a button, very much similar to the WPS button that's, that's around at the moment. Right. Um, they may also include uh, things like uh, scanning for QR codes and, uh, you know, things like that that you can use to connect via your iPhone and, and your Android device. I don't use WPS all that often. It does work, but I don't know. I do other ways. Uh, I, I, I never use it. I prefer not to use it. Yeah, I hate it as well. It, it's just a pain in the ass trying to get it to work. You don't need to run backwards and forwards and try and get mm. the thing to work. And why doesn't it work? Uh, I don't bother with it. So much easier just to manually go in and yeah, yeah, yeah. connect it. Yeah. And the, it really is. Yeah. There's another feature there that they're going to introduce in this new WPA3, 
It's called the Wi-Fi Enhanced Open um, feature. Right. And what that does is allows for seamless encryption of open Wi-Fi in hotspots um, in, in the network. So therefore, okay. what it does is it enhances open, open um, Wi-Fi hotspots to prevent users from snooping on each other's web traffic right. or performing other attacks like session hijacking. Um, it's also meant to um, do this all in the background without any users having to notice even being there um, or having to put in the extra password or do anything different to what you're currently doing in the Wi-Fi network. Yeah, right. So I guess that must be, well, that's probably good because everyone knows the problems with open networks. So if there's some way that you can, yeah, you know, just start and add some sort of end-to-end -end encryption even on, a, on an open network. Good idea. Good yeah, idea. so... So this this is a really good update to do to the Wi-Fi. I mean, you know, you're always hesitant going into say Starbucks or or Macca's or wherever you get a free Wi-Fi hotspot, and you're always worried about whether someone's in there checking your phone out, you know, doing something to you, trying to hack into you, mm. leaving bugs on your phone. So this thing here is is good. Now, um, something you need to note though is that even if you buy a WPA3 uh, capable you know, smartphone or laptop. Uh, keep in mind that the network that it runs on must also support WPA3. Um, otherwise, um, the, well, well. the device will, will, won't give you that same level of protection. And the other thing to note is, is it, it is also backwards compatible to WPA2 networks. Mm. Yeah, so that's right. It's like having a, you know, a CAT6 network. Uh, and then you've got a, I don't know, a couple of devices hooked up as Cat5, and you're not going to get your your fast speeds through your network if you've got a couple of Cat5s hanging out there. So uh, yeah, so there you go. So WPA3, bring it yeah, on. WPA3, yeah, I can't wait for it to come out. I reckon it's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. So look, I, look, it probably won't be out before I get my MBN modem. But then again, maybe it might be. So the way this MBN thing's going. Yeah. Um, uh, just quickly, Apple's in court over their 30% app commission. I don't really agree with this. Uh, Apple is facing the US Supreme Court to defend the commission it makes on iPhone app sales. So as you know, Apple will take 30% of every app that's sold in the app store. Someone's complaining that uh, Apple, uh, that you can't buy your Apple apps at any other store. Uh... And so that's why they're going, um, yeah. Some they're going down the antitrust route. Look, yeah, it's well, Apple's... I suppose you can't if they're if they're, if they're only Apple based. That's right. It's Apple's. It's Apple's friggin' store, you idiots. That's that's what it's all about. That's how they make their money. I don't agree with this court thing. I think this is a ridiculous case, and I hope it gets thrown out because if you don't want to spend, if you don't want to give your thirty percent to Apple, well then go and buy an Android phone. Flipping hell, that's ridiculous. What do you guys think? I think it's ridiculous. Well, I think at the same time, you know, <clears throat> they're kind of saying if, 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 you're going, if you're going to spend all that time building an app and you can only work on Apple and then Apple takes 30%, it kind of doesn't make it very inviting, does it? But I don't think that's what it's saying. I think it's – well, I'll read it. You know, like if they want exactly. to go and build that same app for Android, you know, wouldn't it be – it would be more efficient if, you know, you really need to – you really need to find a company that'll. Someone needs to invent a company that you can make the app once, and, and they give it to them, and then they pay you, and then they go and put it on both places. I yeah, but I think this is more. This is. I'll read this so you get a bit more succinctly. The company. So the company takes thirty percent commission on every sale, 
and is accused by a group of consumers of breaching antitrust laws because there's no alternative place to buy an iPhone app. So they're saying we can't go to the Android store and buy an iPhone app. Well, we can't go to XYZ store and buy an iPhone app. That's right. App. That's, yeah. So, but that, and then you take 30%. Why would we put all that effort in? You can only sell it in your store. We'll make an Android one and sell it in the Android store. Yeah. Make a that, BlackBerry one. Extra, and That's set. extra cost because it's a different platform, I suppose. But it's, but, look, I think from both sides, it's an interesting story. But yeah. thanks for your own. I yeah, suppose I, I didn't look. I don't. anything that, that people want to complain about Apple about, I'm yeah. happy to get on board and hold but, the banner. But it's like they're saying, <laughs> but it's like they're saying that I say, I make a lock and you can only buy a key that fits that lock from me. And then you complain that you can't buy that key from somewhere else. Like, it's my lock, right? I make the keys. If you don't but like it, make the app. buy another lock. Yeah, well, that's how I see it anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to add a little story. I've only added one. I think you guys had quite a few. Yeah, well, go. Go for it. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? I've got the scam websites are using the green HTTPS padlock to fool you. Have we had this story before? <laughs> No, I have heard of something similar to that. Yeah, just just uh, refresh my memory. It says you may have heard uh, you should look for the padlock symbol at the top of your website before entering your password or credit card information into an online form. I it's do. Well, it's yes. uh, it's a well-meaning advice, um, but new data shows that it isn't enough to keep your sensitive information secure. As it turns out, fraudsters got wise and started adding the padlock, uh, which until recently was a big green one in most browsers. Uh, to their websites too. That means pa the padlock is no, the padlock is no guarantee that the website is safe anymore. Right. Well, how can they add the padlock? Isn't that a browser thing? I don't, I don't know how they how they're doing. It says according to the data from blah 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 blah, and I'll skip all that bit there. Well, they put in which a goes almost half of the fraud and pages have padlocks meant to indicate that the site's secure next to the URL of their websites. Scammers mm. are taking advantage of the fact that many internet rely on the padlock symbol to decide whether to trust a website, according to an October report from the anti-phishing working group. Our fishers are taking advantage of unclear security messaging around the symbol, uh, the reports said. Uh, the upshot is that there's no one trick to protect you from the dark side of the internet. You have to Starting today. Savvier than ever to avoid scammers and check for more than one sign that the website is legitimate. That means making sure websites URLs are correct. And wherever possible, typing the URL into a browser instead of the following a link in an email. Uh, tools like password managers and security software can also help uh, to stop from being fooled by an extra convincing scam website. That um, you know, all all the usual tricks of just being, I suppose, as they say, savvy. You just got to be very careful. Just because it's got the green padlock there doesn't necessarily mean it's legit. No, I might have to look into that. I don't, I just I understand exactly what they're saying i, I didn't Pad, think uh, the padlock has always been an imperfect tool is there blah, blah, blah. Oh, so it must um, be you must be able to to just put that in at the front of the url then i didn't know you could do i thought that came that was all sort of pre-coded into the browser when it detected ssls and all that sort of stuff so okay fair enough I'll, I'll, i'm I'll... just trying to see if it says anything about how they're doing it makes sense that well, there's look there's there's a there's a, a something that i remember reading a few months back where these free certificates um that i would assume yeah just a certificate like if they get a certificate that they can prove it's legit it, the padlock will turn green 
That's right. So a lot of spammers will actually go out and oh, buy one of these, well, not buy, but grab, grab one of these free certificates. Let your lock turn green, orange, or whatever color it, it, it um, your browser tells it to turn. To turn. Well, really, a way, the way a certificate works is it really all it all it kind of really does is verify that that the server that's hosting the website mm, that's what's saying is is attached to the IP address that's attached. Yep. To the domain, it's just like a, a way of confirming that it is what it is, but it it doesn't necessarily say that it it isn't what it is. I mean, yeah, um, so a like, scam website could be a scam website, and all it would be doing is proving to you that it is a scam website. Yeah, that, that scam website is located at that, that located at that IP address on that domain. Yeah, and, but so the, the the thing is, well, the bit the thing is as well that um, a scam website might look like an original website. Um, you might go there and you might think, "Oh, this looks this looks genuine. Uh, it's got the green lock in it, mm. um, but unknown to you in the background, there's all this code that these spammers put on these websites, hackers or whatever else you want to call it. Um, and you go in there and you put your credentials in there, and they get all that information. Mm. Yeah. So I think yeah. So from what I could just read, yeah. So I think I got it around the wrong way, but I think what it's saying is that. Yeah, so the green, so you could create a site called um, I want to steal your credit card info.com and yep. and then get a secure, a secure certificate the, for it, get the SSL for it. The little padlock comes up, and then you can start, you know, put a link in an email saying, uh, your NAB credentials have been stolen. Click this link to reset your password. You click this uh, nab.com.au link in your email, but it actually goes to I want to steal your credit card information.com with the padlock and you go, oh, okay, it's got a padlock. It'll be right. And that's the problem. Well, that's what most people do, aren't they? They are taught that, you know, it's got the, it's got the padlock. Mm. It's funny. It's only Google Chrome that has it green. I think if you were to look in, um, if you were to look in, um, in edge or I don't know what Firefox is like, but edge doesn't even color it. I can't, uh, can I get you that Firefox? There you go. That's Firefox there. Oh, that's got a green padlock. Well, if you do it in edge, I don't think edge has got it. Right. Okay. See, I've got I've just got a little black padlock on mine now on the Facebook page. Right. It's not green or red or anything. Well, in uh, Chrome, I think it'll actually have the word secure, doesn't it? Okay. As well. I I don't think the color really matters much. The fact that there's a lock there in, is meant to indicate to people that it's supposed to be secure. So it doesn't really matter if it's you know. It's again, you're just trusting the big companies like Google, and that's to say it is, you know. Mm. Well, that's right. All right. Uh, well, at the end of the day, it's, as they said in the news article I read, you just need to be a savvy user. You just need to be very cautious about hmm. where you're putting your credit card details and, and your personal information because it's not always legit. Hmm. And I had someone someone ring me the other day because I I supply a few domains for a few people, um, and they've rung me up and said, "Oh, you know, I've just got an email saying I need to renew my domain. It's a so hundred, you know, so many hundred dollars. All I need to do is log in and do it." And, I, and they rang me to check that. I hadn't emailed them to ask them if they needed to renew their domain name. And I said, no, I said, your, your domain name is not renewed until next year. And, um, and they said, oh, is it, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And they, I said, what do they want you to do? They said, oh, they want me to go and log into this website and, and renew it. I'm like, yeah, well, that's the trick, isn't it? Mm. The yeah. moment you log in with your password and username for your domain or your credentials, they've got you. Mm. They trick you to get you to log in somewhere, take your user details. They make it look as legit as possible. You oh, think yeah. it's all good. And then you're done. That's right. Yeah. You be That's like Tim's on Tim on the Facebook. Um, you're saying that the best place to report these are the Google Safe browsing services. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so it lets the crypt will not issue certificates for sites on this. Uh, apparently, it's called safebrowsing.google.com forward slash 65. Yeah, so let's encrypt won't, will probably check your, your reputation before they give you the certificate via that list as well, probably, I'd say. Mm. All yeah. right, let's uh, move quickly on because we're going over time here. I've got one here, 70% chance of apparently Elon Musk wants to move to Mars. Uh, oh, <laughs> can I go with him? <laughs> Elon Musk may not be around for much longer as he intends to travel to Mars. Um, and he Probably wants to go and get his car back. Yes, uh, he had an exclusive interview with HBO, which he when he was asked how likely it is he will travel to Mars, he responded with a firm 70% based on a number of breakthrough. He's really fired up about it. Good luck to him. Uh, suggest SpaceX has solved some of the bigger problems, blah, blah, blah. He makes it clear the visit would mo- most likely be moving... He makes it clear the visit that the visit would most likely be moving there permanently, and the cost of the ticket would be in the ballpark of two hundred thousand, which is not much. When the interviewer suggests it sounds like an escape hatch for rich people, Musk is quick to rubbish the claim. He points out the risk of dying is much higher, both getting to and once on the red planet. If you do land successfully, then there is non-stop work for you to do. I guess Absolutely. so. Absolutely, it wouldn't yeah. be as easy a task as people may think it is. Got to go sure. find, crush some rocks to make some water. Or something, yeah, he'll be uh, up against it. And I think Joe, you might have one more. I do, but this is not really like a story. It's more of a, a funny sort of thing. Um, everyone's heard of the big, the big mouth Billy Bass, the one that talking fish, right? No. Yeah, apparently, apparently that that now works with Alexa. Oh, okay. Is that the thing that they stick up on the wall and it talks to you or something? That's right. You know that fish that puts up, that's up on the wall that, that t- turns its head towards you, looks yes. at you, and starts talking. I didn't know. Didn't know yeah, that name. That, that, that now works with Alexa. Um, the fish's lips even move to the sync up to sync up with what Alexa is saying. At the moment, you can get it. Yeah, that's the one. The one's on the screen at the moment. Um, <laughs> you can um, get it for US forty dollars from Amazon. I think it comes later on this year. Um, once the plastic fish is hooked up to the Amazon Echo. It can respond to Alexa voice commands to dance to the beat of songs oh, um, from Amazon Music. And it even syncs its fishy lips with um, <laughs> with all sorts of words. Oh, all right. I, I, I hope that's C words, not in the language. Oh, well, no. Chips. Um, well, you can actually ask it uh, about the weather, the news, and it'll respond back and you can see its lips moving. So yeah. how funny is that? That's pretty funny. What about the well, moose? Had, um... Where's the moose one that talks? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, I had a uh, just a just a, a quick one too. Uh, really quickly, just a, a, sh- a short one. Um, I don't know how much you guys appreciate bad language on Facebook. I know that I'm I, I'm a bit old fashioned. And I can't stand the c word. I don't know if you guys are the same, but I see the c word and the f word becoming almost common language. Wouldn't you mm, agree? Yeah. Pretty much on anywhere yeah. you go these days. So Facebook, pretty much, yeah, pretty yeah, much, pretty much. And and I don't like to see it. I think people who think it's is all right. There's is, places is, and places need to think twice places about and saying times. it. But um, Facebook has finally, uh, and I've just had my story open. Where is it? It's gone again. Oh, Facebook. Uh, uh, Facebook may let you block certain words from appearing in your comments. Facebook has been working on uh, uh, working to combat issues like uh, hate speech and bad language and stuff. I'm just going to kind of briefly go through it. But so there. it's all this banning. I don't know about banning. I'm against banning. Keep going. Facebook, yeah, well, it's not banning it. It's just it's yeah. giving you the ability yeah, as true. the user Fair to enough. block it. 
Fair so enough. Facebook is, reper- is reportedly working on a feature that will let you block certain words and phrases and emojis from appearing in comments on your timeline. Mm. This feature was uncovered by Jane Manchung Wong, uh, if that's how you say it, who is known for the reverse engineering apps to find hidden features. In the past, she exposed Facebook's feature like uh, your time on Facebook tool and its dating app. The new blocking feature closely resembles Twitter's muting option that also lets you ban certain words and phrases. Facebook notes that this will prevent you from seeing these words in comments, but the people who post the comments and their friends will still be able to see them. Mm, I think it should be just for your own personal, you know, like, I mean, I hear my mum, she's, you know, my mum's not from the younger generation, obviously, and she can't stand all that bad language. And she's got, you know, friends with kids and nieces Mm. and nephews and stuff. And she refuses to have them on her newsfeed because of the the bad language. And and it'd be great if she could just go around and go, I'm blocking out the C word. I'm never going to see it on my newsfeed. And that's that. It's Mm. good. I think that's great. I think you just got to be more educated and maybe educate your kids. Like I know places and times. Of course. Of course. You know, I listen to the stuff that uh, the kids play on Spotify and I just, you hear that language and you just go, You'd rather not hear it in songs that they're listening to, um, yeah. But oh. you know, you, you've just, I, you just have, a, I just have a talk to them. I say, you know, look, anybody can swear, anyone can do it. It takes more effort not to do it these days. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so um, you're right. I mean, I saw a video on YouTube of a guy that was having a complaint about the music today, and he was saying things like, "Oh, you don't know what your kids are listening to, and you really should listen." Mm. to spotify because the songs that you hear on the radio every day you may think aren't are fine and you they're rapping and things like that and you don't even know what they're saying but he said people like sam smith who are singing love songs and 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 stories about good things and Mm. meaningful lyrics and things like that and then you've got people who are singing about you know pornographic lyrics and 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 however you want to put it and things like that and you don't even know your kids are listening to it and Mm. this whole youtube video was ranting raving about how we've changed yeah, it'll, it'll all come. Everything and ha- people all, all with that, you know. Everything so, comes full circle. It'll it'll get it certainly does. It will. Now, my last one this week is something a bit more lighter. There's a huge, <laughs> <laughs> there's a huge drone. I got a video. How's this? Hang on, awesome. I'll, I'll push play. Uh, I'll take the sound away. So there's a huge drone that washes uh, buildings and then puts out fires. It's being developed in Latvia. The Aaron, the Aaron's, A E R O N E S, Air Ones, Aero Ones drone weighs about 55 kilos and is tethered to the ground with a hose. The company says it can clean buildings 20 times faster than humans and fly higher than firefighter ladders can reach. When 5G mobile connectivity arrives, it will be able to stream high definition video to operators to the ground. So how does that go? So I wonder if you could hang a lasso on it and jump out a window and hang off it when your building's on fire. It probably wouldn't. Probably uh, wouldn't it, keep you up in the sky. Nah, would it? probably fall straight to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on your head. What's this bloke talking about? I feel like that skyscraper movie. I think uh, he, what, what was his name? The Rock Johnson. Oh, he, he, I think you needed one of them in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that looks pretty cool, though. Um, yeah, it looks good. It's got a hose on it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, be good with the camera on it. Be great. Oh, look how high that's going. Although I must admit, <clears throat> I've seen a few of the drones of people standing on top of them, flying them around. <clears throat> videos and stuff so yeah yeah so that's good all right well that's uh where we're going to leave it we'll leave you with the drone leave you with the drone that's yeah. a good one but yeah, droning back to the other three drones here we go <laughs> <laughs> and, and the droning 
The droningness. The, yeah, the, the drone, the drone. Now, Ray, cool. Okay, that brings us to the end of the show. Jeez, uh, it's a little bit of a long one this week. An, so, an um, hour and 19 minutes and currently nine seconds. Ten all right, seconds. so thanks for go. putting up with us for, for that long and letting, allowing us into your ears. You've probably all fallen asleep by now. Wake up, wake up. That's uh, turn us off. All right, we're finished. All right, good stuff. Okay, thanks for everyone. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for watching on Facebook. Um, and who we got on Facebook? Did we have many on Facebook this week? We got a few. Good stuff. Went up so, and down a bit. So join us on Facebook if you can. When you like us, you see the notification. Get the video on YouTube. Uh, watch the replay on Facebook as well. And uh, get us on iTunes or your other favorite podcatcher. So until next week, see you, Joe. Thanks for coming in. No worries. Thanks, Clem. See you again soon. And thanks, Jordan. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Good job last week again, boys. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we'll see you guys soon. So take care and bye for now. Cheers. Bye-bye. Later.